How long does it take to transition to the RIA model? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA question and answer series. It is episode number 49. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so on today's question, this is something I've, I've been putting a lot of thought to recently, and it, it's an evergreen question that comes up all the time, but I, it, 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 I just wanted to make an, an entire episode on this because I think it is something that most advisors are asking, most advisors want to to better understand. And, and like I said, I have this kind of conversation all the time. And that is, okay, if it makes sense for me to go into the RA model, and again, that's something I help advisors think through all of those variables that go into that sort of decision. But if it makes sense for me to do that, how long does that process take from start to finish for me to transition into that RA model? Now, uh, I would preface this by saying I did do a prior episode. It's episode number five. Where I, where I spoke kind of more on a, on a narrow basis of how long is the actual registration process for a new RA take, and I'll touch on that here in a second. Um, but if you want to dive more into that narrow part of this overall question, again, check out episode number five. I dove into that further. This episode is more on that overall process of beginning, first conversation, to when you're you know over the proverbial hump on the other side. And so Again, it's something I answer uh, for advisors, talk to advisors about all the time. So historically, I would generally give the answer, and, and I, I'll preface this by saying there's, there's so many variables involved in, in every unique advisor's situation that one size fits all answers are, are hard to come by. And so I, I generally don't like generalizing, but at the same time, I get it. People want you know, sometimes an easy answer, at least to begin thinking this sort of thing through. So know that each situation is unique, it could be different. But, but traditionally, my answer was, when I get asked this question, hey, how long does this whole process take? Six to nine months is typically what I, you know, for a long time would, would say of, of what it takes. And the reality is my, 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 not only my thinking on this has evolved, but in, in, in large part, it's a result of, of the marketplace evolving and the solutions that advisors are using that has made it possible to evolve. Because quite frankly, nowadays, if, if I'm asked that question, the answer I'm given more, is more along the lines of two to five months. So not, not six to nine months or even longer, but more two to five months. And you think, wow, that's, that's a lot shorter. That's a lot quicker. Is that really possible? And so that's what I'm going to talk about on, on uh, this episode here is, is why I'm I'm firmly uh, more on that, that lower end camp, that two to five month camp, and, and, and where in most cases that is possible for advisors to achieve. Now, I'll, I'll start by saying a lot of what will determine the, the amount of time taken to transition models, what pathway into the model you take. So it's, it's beyond the scope of this particular episode. I've done other topics on it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll link to those in the show notes. But the, the idea is there's kind of three main ways into the RA model. You can start your own RIA on, on one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, you can join an existing RIA. And kind of in the middle is where you start your own RA, but utilize the, a so-called middle office provider to help you with the bulk of the responsibilities of starting your firm up. Now, there's pros and cons to all of those. Like I said, I did a whole episode on this. Uh, there's pros and cons to each of those models. 
from, from one advisor, one model works great. And, and another advisor, entirely different, uh, one of the other three models works great. So it's not to say that the one is better than the other. It's based on that individual circumstances of that advisor. But the reality is, depends on which of those paths you take, will also impact how long this process takes. So just keep that in mind kind of at a, at a macro level. So as far as, okay, what goes into actually the amount of time it takes this, this two to five months? And so the best way I can think to describe it is, is, is kind of as action steps and that you have hard and soft action steps. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So hard action steps, those are things that are just necessary logistical steps of moving into the model that have to be done. You have participation in that. And oftentimes you're relying on other people, whether it's vendors you've hired to help you with it or regulators in the case of registered and your RA, those sorts of things. So some examples of that, like I just noted, a, a hard action step is registering your RIA if you go down that path where you're going to have your own RIA. So I talked to, uh, again, episode five, you can, you can get more details on it. But in a nutshell, that registration process alone typically takes 45 to 90 days. Now, some of that's, that's your work in putting into that. Some of that's the compliance consultant firm you're working with. I've done all kinds of episodes on how you work with those folks. They help you set it up. And then part of it's waiting for the regulators to, to approve the, the uh, registration. So again, that's, that's what I call a hard action step. Those, those are just logistical steps that have to be done and, and some of it's out of your control of, of how quickly that can get done. Now, as you go through these steps, mind you, it's, it's not like you only work on one thing at a time. You would, you would certainly want to work on multiple of these steps simultaneously so you don't wait that 45, 90 days before you begin the next thing. And, and, and don't be intimidated by any of this. This is what I help advisors with every single day of what are these processes for actually, again, transitioning into that RA model. Uh, but some other examples of these hard action steps is, is an office lease. If you intend on having an office, most advisors do, there's steps involved in that of sourcing the real estate, uh, negotiating the lease, actually actually getting the, the proverbial, or not the proverbial, but getting the keys to the door type thing. Uh, now it's interesting because with COVID, that's kind of accelerated that whole process because there are a large number of advisors that at least initially are not afraid of moving forward with launching their firm in a, in a virtual capacity uh, because perhaps their clients don't even want to come in and see them just yet. And so if they are still oh, building out that office space or sourcing that office space, their clients don't at all mind doing everything virtually for now. And in some cases, right, time will tell it. But for some clients, some firms altogether might be might be virtual uh, in perpetuity. Um, and so that's an interesting byproduct of the, the whole COVID crisis is that that's that's no longer kind of slows things down as much. But but there are some steps involved there that you'd want to think through. And then like another example of a hard action step is, is technology and sourcing the technology solutions you're going to utilize. And that's quite different if you want to start your own RA firm versus joining an RA firm. Either way, there's steps that, that need to be done. You need to, to understand the options, do your due diligence on it, make sure you like what would be provided to you or available to you. And so again, those are kind of hard action steps. They take time. There's only so much you can do to speed those up, even with the best of intentions. Now, now the flip side of the hard action steps is what I call soft action steps. And quite frankly, that's just inertia. That is, that is to put it bluntly, kick in the can. Okay, so you have the hard steps. Those things have to be done. Some of that's out of, out of your control, how quickly you can do it. What is in your control though, 
It's simply moving forward and working through those steps. There's, there's countless times I've come across where, you know, an answer of, okay, well, when an advisor says, okay, I absolutely, this makes sense for me. Uh, I completely understand it. I completely understand all my options. I've figured out which options I want to use. And then it's, okay, well, when do you want to make this actual transition? And sometimes it's just it's the, the, the quick response is, oh, I'm going to do it later this year, or I, I want to aim for early next year. And, and oftentimes when I challenge that, there's not necessarily a good explanation for that, except for it's, it's scary. There's anxiety of actually pulling off. So it's, it's just easier to kind of push it out some. And I'm going to give a couple of reasons here in a moment of why you don't want to arbitrarily push it out. Um, but but that, is, that is a prevalent thing here. And so my six to nine months, I, I, I just, my thinking evolved to realize that a lot of what was taken six to nine months was more just that inertia, that soft action step. And that can be managed and you can, as long as you're willing to move yourself through that process not stretch it out, not arbitrarily kick the can, not arbitrarily push it out. Now, there are some examples, and I'm going to dive into them here in a second, where you do need to be careful about certain things. You don't want to resign the day before Christmas, as an example, around a holiday. Um, other times, and I'll, I'll circle back to this one as well, you know, maybe you're still on a, on a retention uh, bonus that, that you received at your firm or, or is even a join bonus that you received X numbers years ago. And maybe there's one or two years left on it. And so you, you, you kind of mentally think, oh, I got to let that run out. And I'm going to give you some thoughts on that as well. So there's, there's some that are a little more blurred, but a lot of it is just that kick in the can for lack of a better term. And so I, I challenge you to, to, to think about that. If you go through this process, you start mapping out a timeline is, is how much is, is that hard action steps and how much is the soft action steps and, and I would tell you, I'm, I'm not trying to be critical on this because the reality is I've experienced this myself with launching my own firm. Now, now I know it's not a perfect analogy because what I do with my firm is, is not exactly the same as an advisor going independent and launching their own firm. But, but the reality is I worked in a W-2 employee environment for nearly 20 years uh, where every two weeks my paycheck would arrive and my health insurance would just automatically renew every year. And I was given an office and everything, everything. And I was, I was in a corporate environment, like a home office, corporate environment. And, and when, when I decided, okay, I want to launch my own firm, which I've done with transition to RA, I get it. It, it is scary. There is anxiety. There is a lot of, of kind of pressure on yourself to, oh my gosh, I got to get this all figured out. I got to make this work. I have a family, those sorts of things. And so I, I get it firsthand of, it, it is easy to sometimes kick that can and to, and to push that back. And arguably, I probably did. I probably kicked that can longer than I needed to before I finally pulled the plug. But the, but the reality is, in, in part, of, part of why I launched my own firm is I realized I was essentially being hypocritical because I, I used to be in a business development role uh, with a custodian. And so I would be out telling the same things I tell under my firm now of, of advisors like you of, oh, you should make this move and you should leave maybe that, that firm you're, you've been at forever and you're, you're generally comfortable. Maybe it's not perfect. And even if this is a whole lot better over here, it's, it's still a, a scary step to take. And the reality is when I was still myself in that W-2 environment and the comfort and the security of everything that came with it, it was kind of being hypocritical for me to be telling advisors, oh yeah, you should go do that. You should take that leap of faith. You should go independent. You should start your own business. And there I was not willing to do the same thing myself. And so 
So now I, I, you know, I certainly don't want to be critical to calling folks out on inertia or saying, hey, you're, you're arbitrarily kicking the can, but, but I can relate. I, I did that. I had to take that first step, that first anxious step uh, of making that move. I can relate that, that there's a lot of pressure there, but it, it still helps to recognize. And I had people pointed out to me too, of like, okay, you, are you going to wait forever to do this? Or are you going to do it? Um, and, and so I, th that's my objective is to try to pass that back to you. But like I said, I, I absolutely can relate firsthand on that. Now, a couple problems with waiting any longer than is necessary. So again, the hard, hard action steps generally out of your control. The soft action steps arguably mostly in your control. So why, why do you not want to wait any longer than is necessary? So the, the first one is an economic one. Uh, generally, not I don't want to I don't want to say in every instance, but in most instances, one of the reasons advisors make the move into the RE model is the better economics they will have. And, and I've done all kinds of videos on that in, in, in podcast episodes that whether that's their their annual take home, the enterprise value of their practice, their ability to grow their firm faster. But but let's just concentrate on that the uh, the increased take home pay because of the top line revenue that comes in and the expense cost structure and what you get to, to, to keep. I did a whole episode on how, how the RA proverbial payout grid compares to a broker dealer payout grid. So you can, you can learn more about that if you'd like to. Um, but the idea is generally speaking, you will make more money under the RA model than you will in most of the traditional broker dealer models. So let's say that is the case for you. And we're going to use very simple numbers here, very simplistic numbers. But let's say when you run that math under the RIA model, compared to what you have now, you will make an extra $120,000 a year. Now, the reason I picked that number is because that easily divides by 12. So what that means is every month you wait, you are arguably leaving $10,000 on the table. So if you want to kick the can just for the sake of kicking the can, just know it's costing you $10,000 a month every month you kick that can. And I would tell you, there, there's certainly gaps that it's, it's significantly more than just $10,000 a month. Um, I mean, I've, I've certainly seen it more than that. And, and I challenge advice. okay, hey, you, you can wait till the end of the year. You can wait till next year if you want, but let's just run that math over how much that's going to cost you just to wait. Now, I'll give you two examples of, of sometimes where uh, advisors will point out from an economic standpoint of why they want to wait. Uh, I have heard of, for instance, oh, my, my youngest child is, is got two years left in college or whatever the case is. And I, and I want to wait till the child is, is out of college before I make this move. And I, I get it. There's a lot going on when your kids are off at college and, and you're trying to visit them. So there's, there's some time commitments there as well. But from a money perspective, if you think, oh, it, it just cost me money to, to send them off and pay the tuition bill, but again, think about that. And I challenge advisors that might say that is, okay, two years. If you wait two years and to use the, the example I just gave, let's say it's $10,000 a month. If you wait two years, that's $240,000. That's probably more than your entire kid's total college tuition for all four years. So yes, you can wait. And yes, I guess that gives you some comfort and continue to make those tuition payments as you go. But by doing so, you're, you're potentially, again, it depends on your particular circumstances, what your math would be, you're potentially leaving way more on the table just waiting. Um, so another example, too, kind of related is, is folks that do have some time left. I mentioned this a moment ago. 
in there maybe a retention bonus they received or a, a join bonus nine years ago that has a as a 10-year uh, vest on it or whatnot. And, and I've, I've shown advisors where, okay, hey, based on your circumstances and how you want to build out your practice, you could potentially make, again, simple numbers here, an extra $200,000 a year. Now, let's say your unvested amount of money that maybe you have one year left on a retention bonus, again, just for using a simple example. And if you were to leave today, you would owe back $100,000 because maybe it was a million dollars over 10 years, whatever the case was. So let's say if you leave today, you would owe back $100,000. And that's not a fun idea to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to owe back $100,000. But if instead, and I know this is very simplified in the explanation, but if instead... If you made that move, and that means you could make an additional $200,000 over the coming year because of the better economics of the RA model, doesn't that make sense? To, to I know mentally it's not fun to pay anyone $100,000, but if you in turn can make $200,000 more, that, that's just pure math, pure economics of why that makes sense to be doing. So keep, keep in mind from a money perspective, it, it typically gives you all the incentive in the world not to kick that can. Uh, so the next one is, as you, if you make up your mind, I'm going to go into this, uh, into this RA model, you have all the options figured out which path you're going to take. As you go through that, you're going to reach a point, and, and let's say, okay, for whatever reason, you, you maxed it out, and it's X, X number of months out that you're going to make the move because of those hard and soft factors. Um, the reality is you're going to take your foot off the gas of trying to attract and onboard new clients because mentally you're going to tell yourself, okay, I, I don't want to onboard this client, tell them how great I am, tell them how great, you know, I guess my, my current firm is, um, get them to move their account. So two months from now, I can ask them to move it again. And so the reality is you take your foot off the gas of that business development of growing your firm. And so the longer that runway is, the longer you're missing out on growing your firm just, it's just not good for the growth of your practice. Um, I would also tell you, existing clients, as you start seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and your timeline and as you're nearing it, it is going to get awkward when you meet with your clients because in most instances, most affiliation models, you should not be telling your clients ahead of time that you are going to be making the move to, to something else, another firm, another affiliation model. You generally, and there's, there's a whole topic here that's well beyond the scope of this episode of, of how that process works of leaving a firm, talking to your clients, that sort of thing. But, but in most all instances, you don't want to talk to your clients about it before you actually leave your current firm to go on your new path. And so the where that gets awkward or uncomfortable is as you have routine client meetings, there is, and there's no way to avoid it, there is going to come a time where you're going to be meeting with a client, you'll be talking to them about, hey, how's the family, how's the business, everything, you have a nice conversation, knowing full well in the back of your mind that, oh, in, in four weeks from now or six weeks from now, I'm going to be, I'm going to be reaching out maybe to that same client and saying, hey, I've, I've started my new firm, I'd love you to join again, whole other episode on, on how that process works or doesn't work. Uh, the steps you need to be aware of. But the idea is that client's going to say, well, geez, I was, I was just in your office a month ago. Why didn't you mention any of this? And, and you're just going to have to explain to them why you couldn't mention it. It wasn't, unfortunately, it was not appropriate for you to mention it. And, and again, every advisor that leaves the firm has to go through that. But the point is, the longer you kick the can, the longer you will be in that situation of having those, those awkward client meetings where in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I wish I could tell this person 
I'm going to have to call them a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. Um, and so don't kick the can just for sake, kick the can to make, make that situation even worse. And then, and then the last one I would tell you, and again, I experienced this uh, certainly uh, leave in my environment to start my own firm is once you've made up your mind to do this, once you've determined, okay, this makes sense. I figured out the pathway. I'm going through all the hard steps. I'm excited about this. Uh, everything is going to be great for me. It's going to be great for my clients. It, it is going to be mentally hard waiting for that finish line to arrive. And, and the smallest of things at your current firm will just really start to irritate you because you'll be so ready to move on, so ready to jump ship and, and just little things that maybe they've irritated you all along, but now they just really do because you just want to scream, oh my gosh, I'm out of here in, in, in X number of weeks. Anyways, why is this so difficult? And you can't. So the longer you kick the can, the, the, the more mentally challenging it is because you, you are just excited for that new path. You're, you're ready to go on it. There's reasons you can't, you can't pull that just yet because of the, the, hard, the hard action items. Um, but it, it, does, it does become mentally challenged. So if you voluntarily make that even worse for yourself by adding just inertia and kicking that can, that, that's where it can get really draining. Um, so here's where we're wrapping up here. Uh, I would just remind you, there, there is never a perfect time to transition to the RA model or transition to another firm, transition to any affiliation model, because the reality is there's always something your clients will be busy with. And so you could say, hey, I, I don't want to move around the holidays. And, and I get it. You would not want to leave your firm on December 24th because your clients are most of your clients may be checked out through the end of the year at that point. Um, but the reality is there's a lot of holidays throughout the year. So if you arbitrarily say, oh, I, I don't want to do it around holidays, you're, you're making it difficult. Uh, you might also write off, oh, April, it's tax time. I don't want to do it in April. Or, oh, March, that's that's where a lot of you know families, there's spring break. And so that, that's a tough time. Uh, oh, summer, I know my clients like going on trips during the summer. So, so that's a tough time. And, and the reality is there's just no perfect time. So if you, if you want to kick the can based on, oh, well, this is not a good time. This is not a good time. It's just not going to work. There's never a perfect time. And quite frankly, thousands of advisors have made the move uh, and found a time that's not perfect, but does at least work for them. And in quick story, I would tell you one of the more amusing um, chosen dates to, to transition. Uh, typically, when, when an advisor leaves, uh, particularly like a, a traditional W-2 broker dealer model that, that feels the firm owns the clients or whatnot, and again, a whole transition process, how you go about uh, the process with your clients, you typically resign on a Friday uh, because then that gives you the weekend to try to get a, a head start on whatever your strategy is of, with your clients before your firm has a chance to, to come trying to poach your clients and, and, oh, I don't know what happened to John. He left in, in that whole game. Uh, and so typically that it, people resign on a Friday to try to get ahead of that and have the, that whole weekend. Not only that, thinking of holidays, there's an advisor once, and I, I forgot what the holiday was, but she was quite proud of herself because not only, I think it was, a, uh, maybe it was a Thursday, but, uh, and it was going to be a long weekend. Everyone was taking the rest of the, the kind of the weekend off. And not only did she leave right, right there leading up to the weekend, it was actually, it was a holiday weekend and she gave her notice and maybe it's a little, little tacky way to do it, but she gave her notice right before a holiday party for the office started, uh, and I, again, I forgot what a holiday it was, but the idea is she gave it knowing full well that no one's just going to drop what they're doing. They're having this holiday party and then most everyone's checked out for this long weekend. 
And, uh, and strategically, it absolutely made sense. Now it's a little, a little harsh way to do it, but hey, very, very strategic. So holidays can actually work in your benefit as well. So don't, don't use them as a, as a reason to kick the can. Uh, and finally, two, two pardon thoughts to take away from this. Always keep in mind, transitioning to the RA model, the, the analogy I, I use frequently is I say it's, it's like refinancing a mortgage. It's a lot of, it's, you know, to refinance your mortgage, you get a lower interest rate. Uh, doing so, for any of you that have done, it's a lot of work. It's not fun. It costs money. Sometimes paperwork gets messed up along the way and you got to resubmit things. And it's, it's, it's very aggravating. But on the, once you're on the other side of that refinance and you now have a lower interest rate and you're saving money every month going forward, I've never heard anyone in life that's gone through it and on the other side say they regretted having gone through it. Now, while they were going through it, it wasn't fun. And there's a lot of steps, a lot of aggravation, all that comes with it. But once you're over the hump, everyone looks back and says, okay, it was worthwhile doing. That's how you have to look at transition in your firm to the, to the RA models. It is going to be a lot of work. It is going to be a lot of stress. It is going to be a lot of steps that you got to work through and, and, and anxiety and all those sorts of things. But again, talk to any advisor that's made that move, that's came out on the other end, that the dust has settled, their stress level has gone back down, their anxiety has gone back down, they're excited about this new path they're on. None of them. I have, I have yet to hear very few of any advisors have said, oh, I regret having done it. If anything, the answer you will absolutely hear over and over and over again is, I just wish I would have done it even sooner. So keep that in mind as, as you kind of look at what a transition might mean for you. Uh, and then the, the final thing I would challenge you on is you have inevitably had prospective clients come to your practice. Uh, you've been working with them to try to learn about them, help them understand what you can provide for them. And it's inevitably a perfect match. You absolutely would be great for them. They absolutely need your services, need your advice. Uh, maybe what they have right now is not at all ideal. And so, okay, hey, prospective client, let's go ahead and begin the engagement. Let's move your assets. Let's, let's start our process here at the new firm. And you inevitably have clients that kick the can on that as well for, for no necessary good reason. Maybe you're showing them a much better path, both with what you can do with their assets, the service you can provide them. Everything makes sense for the client to make the move. And yet sometimes it's just this painfully slow process of month after month after month waiting and then finally make the, finally make the move. And, and so you can relate of how... Okay, don't arbitrarily kick the can for no other reason than just to kick the can. You've seen that with prospective clients. And so as you look at making a move yourself, just make sure you don't arbitrarily kick that can for, for no arguably good reason. Again, there are, there are some hard reasons it, it, it has to go through a certain uh, uh, timeline. And, and there are sometimes soft things might, might slow it up a little, but just make sure you're not arbitrarily slowing things down unnecessarily. So again, I would challenge you to think more along the lines of a two to five month time frame is doable. It, I am seeing it happen uh, all the time, sometimes even shorter, which, which will even surprise me. And again, this, you can't always do that with some of the pathways into it, but do not think this has to be a very long process. If it makes sense for you, uh, if you've done your due diligence, you've, you've done all the research, you've talked to someone like me to understand everything there's to know about how this works, you know you're making the right decision, move on, get on with it and, and go down that path. You don't have to make it a long process. You might as well, the sooner you get there, the sooner you start getting to benefit from all the advantages of doing so. 
So with that, like I said, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RIA. Uh, and this is the sort of thing I help advisors with all the time. Uh, if you're not already there, head on over to transitiontoria.com. Uh, you can find all kinds of videos. I've made all kinds of podcasts, white papers, uh, all kinds of resources to help you better understand the RA model and why it might be a fit for you. Uh, and then the easiest thing to do at the top of every page is a contact link. Uh, just click on that contact link. You can instantly and easily schedule a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me uh, to, to go over this exact sort of topic um, and how it relates to you specifically. Because again, every advisor situation is unique. Uh, I'd be happy to have that conversation. Again, if you're not there, transition to RIA.com. You'll find all the resources that I noted. So with that, I hope you found value in today's episode and I'll see you on the next one.